from the Willamette Valley in America's great Pacific Northwest. You are listening to the Ernest Mann Show, and I'm your host, Ernest Mann. No matter where you may be listening in this great, big, beautiful world, we all share. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in and listening or for listening again. This is episode number 186, Earnest Truth. How do you know what information is real that can save your life? Before I go on, I would like to send a very special thank you to my listeners in the UK. Your support is very much appreciated. I would also quickly like to add this question, I guess. Um, I know that there are obscure uh, laws on books, at, at least certainly I know that's the case here in the U.S., so I don't know if this is actually true or not. So if any of you Brits out there or listening or anyone in that surrounding uh, neighborhood across the pond, so to speak, um, if you uh, care to enlighten me, uh, that would be great. And the statement is um, that supposedly it is illegal to add cream to a cup of tea if it has more than two lumps of sugar. Now, I have no idea of the validity, if it's just common knowledge um, or just an old obscure law on the books, but I would like to know. So feel free to let me know. Now, wanted to talk about a story that I had just recently come across in, of all things, The Guardian. And um, I sort of, <clears throat> I more or less took this article as a bit of an alarmist article, a bit with a grain of salt, um, which is not to say certainly that there cannot be truth to this but um it was an article about basically how we collectively the proverbial we are running out of phosphorus i believe it had a title of something like um phosphageddon and they were explaining how important phosphorus is to us humans here on the planet and that we are running um, out of phosphorus and all the good that it does and primarily for obviously for uh, plants and other um, industrial chemical uses as well but we're running out of the stuff and we're going to be in really deep trouble if that in fact happens in the relative near future and they pointed out what nations have the largest stores of phosphorus. And 
for instance, the U.S. has very little. And for quite some time now, um, the U.K. has um, always imported its phosphorus. But there, there is an aspect of all this. And I, I just want to... I want to diverge just for a moment from that. And because I feel that this is relevant to this story, to this information. Now, there is a very old parable that I'm sure that many of you have uh, heard in your life. It is the famous parable of the blind man and the elephant. And if for whatever reason you're not familiar with it, I can very briefly um, give you the premise. Um, Blind men are uh, going to examine an elephant. And they have never encountered or seen, well, they are blind, but they've never encountered an elephant before. And so they determine to describe the animal by feeling it. The only thing is, is that each blind man only feels and gets his sense impressions from feeling a very specific part of the animal. And so, because there are great variations in uh, what makes an elephant an elephant, um, you cannot obtain a true picture by a singular examination of part of its anatomy. So, um, for instance, the man who's handling the trunk uh, considers it to be a giant serpent or snake, whereas the man who has his hands on the sides of the elephant, he's interpreting it as a massive wall, and the man who's feeling the tail, uh, he determines that it's a very rope-like creature, and so on. And, of course, you know, and this is, this story originated in, in uh, India. It's like, I don't know, 500 BCE or something, some somewhere around that time. It's been spun off and told, you know, many, many times since then. But I believe that is the origin of the story. <clears throat> At any rate, um, of course, the, the idea that's being put forth from this is it's trying to illustrate that because our, first of all, our sense impressions are limited. And when we are only examining or, quotes, seeing a certain part of something, um, our total perception, of course, is stunted because we are only seeing a part of a greater whole. And I'm telling you, all of this primarily because for 
countless times in countless situations where we have uh, various social situations taking place, whether it be involving war or a lack of resources or what have you, we tend to have this very knee-jerk, limited reaction. And yet it's put across as that parable that I just was talking about moments ago. And that is exactly what I got out of that article from The Guardian concerning our lack of phosphorus. Because actually, the truth be told, where do you begin to get the information of the totality of a given situation? Meaning that, are we running, are we in serious trouble, you know, relatively soon in the next, I don't know, 10, 15 years of having big problems with a lack of phosphorus? I would say yes. But here is the difference is that the way we are going due to other factors which more or less, I didn't say totally, but more or less have a cause directly limit, um, correlated to excessive population. And what I see is that our lack of phosphorus, which is essential, um, but our lack of phosphorus in 10 or 15 years um, is going to be actually the least of our concerns. And this is how the, the whole situation, I feel, once again, as it's getting spun off in various directions, um, it is a problem in that it, um, it gets misconstrued. And what I mean, it's misconstrued in that we keep addressing certain things as they are pivotal things in and of themselves. So now there is, because there's always, if you notice in the news, there's always a crisis. There is always and tends to be a perpetual crisis. So we have this crisis, and then when things peter out on that, and they have bludgeoned the public enough for that, and then they can't get any greater you know, news response, news feed, then something else is created. And then, you know, and the cycle, it repeats. Wash, rinse, repeat. What I'm saying is, is that what is actually going on is quite systemic. And what a person, I feel should really be concerned about is the bigger picture. That's 
that's how I approach this. And I get to a point where I have to begin talking in an oblique manner. And I want to explain the reason for that so that there is there is no surprise. For example, <clears throat> if there were a, a local ice cream parlor and it was a special day, international ice cream day, as a matter of fact, I'm not certain, but I think there actually may be an International Ice Cream Day. Not certain, but it sounds good. I like ice cream. I don't know too many people who don't. But anyway, if all the people converged on, let's say, this small, this given ice cream parlor, and they were there specifically to get the free ice cream, and hardly anyone bought anything. They're just there for the free ice cream. And this is for the entire day. And the owner gives out all of his ice cream. Well, that's a problem. Um, because you can't live on giving away free ice cream. And in this situation that I've been describing with what is going on with just this singular resource, just to give an example, in this case, phosphorus, there's, there's, a, much, there's a much bigger problem around the bend. And to a greater or lesser extent, it's going to majorly affect most of us. And I say most. I didn't say all. Because if you, for instance, are one of the lucky people, or smart, or both, and you're listening to what I'm telling you, then you may not be one of those unfortunate people. So, you're already lucky. But the vast majority of people are not going to be so lucky. And you have to decide what you want to do. So, that comes back to the original question. You know, how do you know what information is real? Well, the information that is real, probably there's a 99% chance it's not going to be free. Um, and in addition to that, it's probably not going to be cheap. So, um, this, I, I have no idea 
how you're going to view what I'm about to say. You know, how, how you feel about this ethically, but just for the time being, if you can, I'm asking you to suspend those thoughts and look at being on a ship that is absolutely certain that is going to sink and this person who is on the ship is telling them this perhaps in hushed or muted tones and they're all just too busy having a good time perhaps they're you know intoxicated somewhat um, but they're just too damn busy enjoying life and having a good time. But the the point is when all this flips is when they're in there moving around the ship or the cabin and they see water, you know, maybe it's only ankle deep, but they're seeing water sloshing around. They may say, hmm, that's odd. In other words, by the time something has become completely obvious. It's pretty much too late. You, you have to have a certain amount of faith, and you also have to have a certain amount of, um, of an ability to reason. And... I believe that if you're listening, you're probably one of those folks able to reason because I don't, I don't run the most um, exciting show with lots of crazy um, audio things going on and special effects. I don't go for that. I'm just plain old talking. Um, but if you value substance over, um, and being entertained, then that's where I'm coming from because that's what you need to know. But, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to hear about this. On the six o'clock news. And I think, as just to give another very good example, I think that you can probably work out the reason why. Because if they did that, um, there would be complete pandemonium. Because, again, that's, you know, like the old adage of <clears throat> however or whenever this got started of someone, you know, screaming fire in a theater. And it turns out that there was, in fact, no fire, that it was either done deliberately by some uh, adolescent or idiotic prankster yet that triggered um, a stampede of people and many people died. That has happened many times. And people en masse stampeding 
when there was actually no fire. So, all governments, all of them, are tyrannical. It's just a matter of degree. It's a matter of the degree and of what form that tyranny takes and presents itself. But when faced with any kind of uh, social potential, social catastrophe, then the leaders have to take it upon themselves to uh, throw in a huge dose of perception. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, of misdirection. <laughs> I got a little confused with my words there. Forgive me. Because they have to keep this, this charade going. Because, amongst other things, it makes them... Um, less able to vacate quickly and efficiently. So, that is what has happened, um, sadly, unfortunately, um, in, in, in nautical history, for instance, in re recent and as well as the past um, when <clears throat> a ship was considered to be doomed and was going to sink, and it, the situation was just looked quite hopeless, and actually it was, but where the actual crew just did just very horrible, unspeakable things to the passengers uh, in, an, in an attempt to save their own ass. One of the um, greatest examples of this, if you are at all interested in that kind of thing of maritime history, um, look up the history of the paddle steamer Arctic. It's one of the absolute best documented and yet most horrific uh sinkings of a vessel from the point of view of, of what actually took place and they have very accurate records and so it was not by any means um, in history it was not the number of people that died as it was what actually took place and this was by certain members of the crew. Very interesting story. Obviously, we're not going to go into that here and now. So, I can tell you that what I know to be true and what is coming, the least of our concerns is going to be about phosphorus. And not only are you going to have to be concerned about everything that you own or want to own, but P 
picking the right place as in where you want to be to ride out the storm of insanity that is at least also as equally important because there are going to be places that are for all intents and purposes you'll be safe you'll be good all the way around it's there but you have to understand that certain sacrifices will have to be made now if you're willing to see some information look at things that may be that I talk about and look at them with open eyes and be willing to accept some extremely unpleasant facts concerning all this then you're on the right path but for what you must understand is that for the vast majority of people this is going to be this is like going to be for the history books and i'm not saying it's going to be this year or next year but it's going to be soon um it's going to be much sooner than you think and the sooner one can prepare and have a plan B and a plan C, I consider that to be a good thing. Because at that point, at least you can, you can sleep a little bit better at night. Many years ago, if, um, if I could leave you with this, I knew a fellow, and he worked in the Midwest, and he worked in big city in the Midwest. And depending on your point of view, um, you could say he was either cursed or blessed. But uh, here in America, we have uh, what's known as workman's comp. If you get severely injured on the job you get an x amount of compensation and that is all dependent on various factors and the and the nature of uh of your physical damage and you know so sometimes depending on what happens to you um this could be hundreds of thousands or perhaps even millions of dollars it's it's a very individualized situation with workman's comp well um yeah this fellow was pretty seriously injured involving his back um and he he launched and successfully received a an award from workman's comp and 
but this process of of getting that took quite some time it took at least a couple of years two or three years but by that time it gave him plenty of time to figure things out and to have a plan and once that came through he uh he bought some land in a very um I'm going to say an undisclosed place, but, you know, really nice to his liking. Would not have been to my liking, <laughs> but it was his liking. And uh, apparently the, um, the price was right. And pretty much he had enough money left over that he would be able to, you know, if he paced things well and did some some kind of side work that he'd be able to live out his life and 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 be fine but his attitude was what he told me how ironic it was that after uh, this happened and after he was awarded the money um, that he basically got his he got his place and he got his space and he had his his small home and he he had all this and he was completely out in he was up until that point his whole life he had lived in the city and now he was living way out in the country he was living in the sticks and it changed his entire attitude his entire perspective on life and uh, a few times i got to visit him um he said that um frankly everything that was going on in the news everything that just had everybody so you know pins and needles and and shootings in schools and all the crazy that's just going on whatever the state was proposing to do to do something else at this retirement community and then the retirement community that lived there thought it was unfair and just the entire shitstorm rat race and he said in a way what happened to him if you don't count the physical was one of the best things that ever could have happened because now in his own words is i don't give a rat's ass about any of that anymore and they can all go to hell in a handbasket and I'll still be living where I'm living and collect my eggs from the chickens in the morning and, <laughs> and that was his that was his general attitude and so the rest of the world can go to hell and I thought that was all things considered I thought that was a healthy attitude so, anyway, that's what I wanted to cover about this, and I hope you found it interesting. And thanks for listening, and well, you know how to reach me. Well, what did you think about that? I'd really like to hear what you have to say. So go on over to my website, theearnestmanshow.com, 
and put down your two cents worth. And while you're there, please feel free to listen to any and all the episodes you like. Plus, check out the other interesting things on my website. Until next time, this is Ernest saying take care. I'm out of here.